Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that hello and welcome to the fit and fabulous podcast with me dr Alina. I help families create easy habits and systems they love so that they can all feel fit and fabulous without having to think about it. On the podcast, we talk about all aspects of a healthy life. What we eat, my favorite med-style diet, which isn't a diet, but a way of eating, habits, exercise, emotional wellness, weight loss, research, and what the experts say. Most importantly, we talk about how to transform our lives so that we can actually do these things, take control of our health, feel fit and fabulous, and for it all to be easy and fun. You're welcome to sign up to my Healthy Family Eating Systems video, where I explain how easy my system is for providing healthy foods for my family. You can find that at drorlina.com, that's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A.com forward slash healthy family meal plan with a little dash in between those words. If you're interested in my new program, Fit and Fabulous Family, that's launching in August, please email me at orlina at drorlina.com or reply to one of my emails to arrange a time to chat. It's going to be life and family transforming and of course, easy and fun. Now on with today's show. and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I hope you are feeling fabulous today. Today, we are talking about, wait for it, decluttering. Now, before we dive into decluttering, I want to remind you that this week is the last week to sign up for the Fit and Fabulous Family Program, which is an easy and fun way to put your family's health habits on autopilot so that you can feel fit and fabulous without having to think about it. So I'm super, super excited about this program. It's a 12-week program. If you want to find out more about it, I did an entire podcast um, Friday, I think it was, and it was supposed to be a short podcast, but it turned out to be I don't know, 25 minutes or perhaps longer. Now, if you want to find out more, the other thing you can do is go and check out the URL, which is drorlina.com slash fit and fabulous family. Now, it's only open to Friday, so please don't delay. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out and ask me or book a video session, a video chat at orlina at drorlina.com. Okay, decluttering. Why are we talking about decluttering? Because it does have huge implications on our health. I don't know about you, but when I have a cluttered house with four children, that's not uncommon. My brain kind of is trying to tidy everything up in its brain. And I notice that there's a low level of stress. And conversely, when my house is beautifully tidy, when somebody else has been and tidied it, which doesn't happen very often nowadays, but I notice this sense of, oh, relax and enjoyment. Now, I am definitely not 
the cluttering or decluttering expert. Perhaps I am the cluttering expert. I'm definitely not the decluttering ex- expert. So I have asked Lisa Zarotny to come and chat to us. And Lisa and I are really aligned in what we're trying to help people do, which is basically create healthy habits so you feel fit and fabulous. Now, she does more cluttering or decluttering, and I come at it more from the health side. So I'm super excited to have her. Lisa is from Positively Productive Systems, and she is going to teach us all about how to run our houses so that we set ourselves up to maintain those healthy habits. So let's dive right in. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlean Herrick. I am super excited today because we are talking about decluttering of all things. You may think, how is this related to health? But hang in there and you will find out. And I'm super excited to welcome Lisa Zerotny from Positively Productive. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Orlena. It is my pleasure. I love talking about decluttering. (laughs) (laughs) You and I are not very like in that, that respect. So let's dive in. And first of all, I think people might be thinking, oh my goodness, how has this got anything to do with health? So can you sort of spell out to us And I know we've had a conversation about it. I was like, oh, yes, I see. But just explain to people why it is relevant to health. Absolutely. Well, let's start with the idea of clutter, what it is and what it does, which is clutter, my favorite quote about clutter is from Peter Walsh saying that it is not just the stuff on the floor, but it's anything that gets in between you and the life that you want to live. And we want to live healthy, fit, and fabulous lives. Well, clutter can get in the way of that. And some of the ways you may have seen this happen in your own life is having a cluttered and a disorganized kitchen can keep you from cooking healthy foods. And having a cluttered wardrobe area or a bedroom where you can't get to your workout gear or at least to the clothing that you would wear to work out makes you less inclined to exercise. There are so many different examples of ways in which it can block you from having those healthy habits that, that you share with everyone. And, and that's really the, the most basic connection. And I'm sure everyone listening has probably thought of one example where that has happened to them. I know I have. Absolutely. And I totally love it. And yes, it's exactly the same thing that I'm working on, which is setting up your life so that the habits just run easily. And I think what you're saying is a big part of that is your environment and your environment really reflects what's going on inside. But also it's just a help that if you have your environment set up in in an amazing way, these habits are just going to happen, whether they are exercising or going to sleep or healthy eating, it just helps us keep to these habits. And I always say habits are not about discipline. They are about setting up your life. And it's a really big, important part. Now, just before we dive into how we're going to do this, I have a huge question. Is it possible to declutter your home when you have four children? Because I'm just not entirely sure it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but it's with a caveat. One of the things that that I do first and foremost when I coach clients is to help them, I guess, give themselves permission to honor the life stage that they're in. Mm-hmm. 
It depends on the ages of those four children. It depends on their inclinations, if they have special needs. There's so many things that can be going on within your family. So then the question would be, well, what kind of decluttering? There's always a way to declutter, but it will be adjusted depending upon your lifestyle. So in general, it feels impossible, but I promise you that it is. It's just that your expectations may need to be managed. I totally love that. And I, and I totally resonate with that because I can see that, you know, when I had four children who were under four and a half, oh my goodness, tidying just, it was at the end of the list. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel, I wish I had taught my children to be a little bit more tidy, but we were really on survival mode at that time. And I did not have chance to teach them these things. So now that they're a little bit older, that's what we're working on. We're working on children learning how to contribute to household chores mm-hmm. and we're and keeping their toys in their own space which includes keeping their bedrooms tidy and I tell you it's quite a lot of work for me to help them but I'm sure in the long run it's going to pay dividends. I absolutely agree I think there is an investment in time when you engage your children and you teach them and guide them and have them doing for themselves but in the long run, you will see that come back as they start to take over. So it's like anything else, anywhere else that you're working and you train someone else. It's the same idea with the children. But uh, I, I've definitely seen it in my home. And it, at first, it feels like so much, just like when you're starting a habit. And it can feel like, is this even working? Sometimes it takes a while to see the results, but trust in the process. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's practice, practice, practice. As I'm constantly saying to my children, I go, Mm -hmm. mommy, I don't know how to sweep the floor. And I'm like, well, you need to practice a little bit more. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So let's start with how you would walk a client through. And I know you have an amazing system. And when we've spoken before, I've explained my dream that I have for my kitchen. So we are on the brink of doing up our house, which is very exciting. Mm. It's a big exercise in patience because it's taking a very, very long time because we live in Spain. Um, But this is the dream that I have for my kitchen. I want this amazing space where I want my children to come and sort of hang out and it's light and it's bright. But they come there, not just because they have to come and do some chores and help in the kitchen, but also because that's sort of the hub of the house and where, you know, I enjoy my time. And I want to create a space where... I really do enjoy it. So I was very excited when we moved into this house that I had space to put a sofa because that helped facilitate that. But how do you help people declutter? Talk talk me through it. Sure. Uh, Well, I'll give you the basics of the system and then show you where you have already taken steps in that process, which is very exciting and it might be unexpected. The system I have, which I know you'll appreciate because you use this word as well, is the simple system. And it's S. S-I-M-P-L-E. The first, the S is for set, and that's setting yourself up for success by scheduling a time to work toward this, setting your goals, tracking your progress. This is taking pictures of how it is now, making notes about how it is now so that you can see what works and what doesn't. You know, really uh, a full assessment and deciding. That's the biggest thing, and I'm sure you know this with your clients as well, that deciding this is what I want and this is what I'm moving toward, that's such a huge part of our process, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so the next step in is the I in simple, and this is 
a big part of what you've done and what you've beautifully described right now, which is identifying how you want to live, how you want to be, the purpose of the space. In this case, it's a physical space, but you can apply the same concept to your space on your calendar, your space in in your heart and your mind, you know, what you're allowing in. And you've described this so beautifully, how you want that heart of the home, which the kitchen often is, to be, what you want to be doing in there. You want to congregate together. You want to bond, you know, uh, cook really yummy but healthy food, and you want this to support that lifestyle. And understanding that picture and understanding what you want to do in that space creates filters for deciding what belongs and what doesn't. So could you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. So for example, you want to be cooking, you want to cook certain foods, you want to do maybe certain kinds of prep, maybe you do weekly prep, you, um, you know, we've talked before, so I know a little bit about your lifestyle and your love of, of vegetables and farmers markets and things like that, right, which, uh, you know, we, I think we all aspire to, but understanding the kinds of foods that you'll be dealing with, the space that you're going to need to prepare that, understanding too, that maybe you want the children to congregate and perhaps do arts and crafts in there. You know, it's not always that a room, a space needs to be in the traditional sense. It can be split in different ways depending upon your family. I'll give you a quick example. In the previous house that we were in, our dining room wasn't only for dining. We did want it for that. We liked to, you know, have a bunch of people over and feed them and have the space to feed them. So hospitality was very important as a family value for us. But we also loved game night and that was the best space for it. So the dining room had this dual purpose with uh, housing games and and being set up to play board games and things of that nature as well. So identifying the space for you is important so that you can then see, okay, these kinds of um, equipment, you know, that I that I need to cook with. I mean, obvious things like you know your knives and cutting boards and pots and pans. But if you do a lot of blending, you you know that you want to have uh, blenders nearby and and have easy access to that kind of um, that kind of equipment. Then you also have this idea maybe that they will do arts and crafts. So you want to have quick access, possibly in the kitchen if you have space for the supplies relating to that. It's it's making choices, but it's also saying okay. Okay, but this is not where we want to keep their book bags for school. But maybe it is where they come into the house and they'll, you know, hang up their coats. I mean, again, it depends on the space, how how it flows, what kind of patterns you have, and what you want as a family. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. So you want to think about what you're using. So you don't put the roller skates in the dining room. Ideally, you put them in the garage if you have a garage, but it's thinking about the the use of each of those spaces and what you're going to have easily at hand there. Right. And and there are quite a few decisions that can come with that. If you have a smaller house and you need to have that space, then you start thinking in terms of 
where else can you find space to store certain things that don't belong? Or if you need to store it in the kitchen, then that's where you put it in a far corner of a cabinet versus the stuff that's out and easier to access. So these are, you know, multiple levels. But this first step is really about decluttering in terms of making space for what matters. It's not always getting rid of, but it's saying, does it belong here? Okay. So that's S and I, and then moving on to M is a, is a pretty easy one. It's a classic professional organizing approach of uh, matching things. And you'll hear the term like with like. So that means pull it all out so you can see all the pots and pans, all the knives, all the spatulas, all the things that you have. And you can start to see when, when you have this bigger picture in front of you, do I really need that many of this type of thing? How many whisks do I really need in order to accomplish what I'm doing? If you are, you know, an amateur chef and this is important to you, great. But if you're like, listen, most times I use a rubber spatula and I'm good to go, then you can consider that you may only need a couple. And it's so funny how we manage to accumulate these things. So, right? How is it that in every kitchen you go into, you open a drawer and you're like, what on earth is this utility that I have never used? And if I open right. it, and I actually really do like throwing things out, mm-hmm. even though I'm still like, there are things in here that I haven't used for 10 years. Can I just get rid of them, please? Well, there's your permission, but really it is a personal preference. And it's this idea of saying, let the things that are right there in front of me that, I, that I'm accessing easily be useful to and, and that serving, you know, how I want to live. So, and, and also too, you have a certain amount of space, but we'll get to that. The P in simple, S-I-M-P, is for pair, as in pairing down. And that's really what people think of when they think of decluttering, but you'll notice that's actually step four. There's so much more to think about first, but it will set you up for success. Now you can take those filters, those ideas that you have of how you want to use the space And now you make the choices. Do you need that many whisks? Is this broken? And realistically, you're simply not going to fix it. And you can see if you can live without it. What belongs? And you start to pare down. Then L in the simple system is limit, which sounds similar, but they're actually a complementary pair in that first you reduce according to your filters, but the limit is actually your container. And what I mean by that is if you have a small kitchen, you're going to have to make potentially more difficult decisions about how much to keep because the more packed your area is, the more difficult it is to access the things you want to get to. Yes, I totally agree with that. I love opening a cupboard and there being one thing in it, my imagining. I love my imagining. But there you I, go. Have, <laughs> I have a cupboard just for my imagining and I love that that's it and nobody else would ever dare try and put anything in that cupboard. <laughs> Fantastic. So now we're talking boundaries, which is great. But what's wonderful about that is how easy is it for you to to grab it and, and use it, right? I mean, and that's what you're looking for. That's going to create those positive habits in your life. It's going to reduce your stress because how does it feel when you open the cabinet? There's one item there. It's easy to get to. It's minimal. Feels great, right? Yeah. And also it's easy to put away. So I recently bought well, we were using the Maggi mix to make smoothies. My kids love smoothies in the summer. So they freeze some fruit mm-hmm. and then they whiz it up and add a little bit of milk. And, and it's a nice breakfast, a treat for them. 
But the reality is that Magic Mix is actually quite heavy for them. So I bought them a little smoothie maker, which they can do by themselves, which mm-hmm. is fabulous. But also, it can be put away. And I think this is the key. Is that it's very easy for them to put away. It's not just about, okay, I can get it out easily. I'm now training them to put it away easily too. And I love that you mentioned that because you segued perfectly into the E in the simple system, which is to evaluate. You see how you've done with the process. Are you able to not only access, but put things away easily? Are you evaluating what is coming in? So here was a great example where you actually purchased a duplicate kind of item, but with a real purpose that allowed them to have some independence and it was easy for them to to pull out and use and also to put away. So it's a, it's a duplicate item, but it's very purposeful. And, and evaluating is not only how have I done, how's it working, am I able to keep up with this system that I have and, and where, the, where everything is and putting it away, but also evaluating what life is throwing at you <laughs> as you go, because we can all do a lovely job, um, you know, decluttering an area. But in the meantime, what's happening? You know, there are sales and there are other ideas and people are telling you something else maybe that would be fabulous to buy or, you know, you're getting all kinds of feedback uh, from from life that that can influence you and now is the time to say, but I've created these filters, I've made these decisions. So now they're, that's the boundaries, right? Yeah. And I guess it's also, it's an ongoing process. So absolutely, you try something and it may or may not work. And it's mm-hmm. that looking back and thinking, it is working, this is fabulous, or it's reached a point where this is no longer working and let's try something else. Absolutely. And sometimes it's as simple as the trial and error of, I thought this would work, but that's terribly awkward and I didn't realize it until I was doing it, you know, every day. Or it could be, oh, life has actually changed a little bit. Now the kids have gotten older and they have different abilities or or something happens that, you know, you're you're more overwhelmed again. All kinds of life transitions can adjust the level of clutter. Sometimes it's you had the time before you were able to, you had the bandwidth to do certain things in the kitchen, take certain steps, but now something else in life is is taking your your time and your energy a bit more and you need it to be even simpler in the kitchen. It you know, it can vary, but those are the things to watch for. Okay. And I'd just like to go back to the P the paring down. And I yes. think this can be really difficult. And I've seen, particularly for my children, my children get really attached to absolutely everything. So we have a collection of sticks in our car and stones and they don't like throwing out their socks when their socks get holes in them. And I'm like, oh, why use some new socks? And they sort of say, I don't want new socks. I want the socks with holes in them. I remember when they were little, we even used to make hand puppets out of them. But this emotional attachment to things, how do we overcome that particularly for children because I think as adults we can be slightly more objective about it but for children it can be really difficult for them absolutely and I think it can be difficult for adults too but with children it can be I think you know extremely important to work gently with them because it can tie in I think even more deeply to their safety and security so for whatever the reason and we all most certainly do have emotional attachments to things. I think it's number one, 
so important to engage them as much as you're able, depending upon the levels of their ages, to talk to them about it so that they don't get trained to feel as though you're coming in and taking things from them. Because how do we all respond to that when I say, okay, we're take, we're getting rid of that. And now you are, are a unique uh, person and, and that's wonderful and, and one of my, my favorite kinds of clients because it's like, no, I got this, I'm decluttering. But many people, the, the gut response is to say, no, wait, I might need this or I, I want to hold on to it or, you know, it's, it's just that, that automatic response. And I think children have that. When you, number one, you talk to them so that they understand they have a choice in it psychologically, that's so important for them. And number two, reframe it to talk about how they want to live. And in this case, it's maybe saying, well, uh, you know, are you frustrated when you're packing stuff away? And when I tell you to tidy up your room, are you struggling? There's a way that we can fix that. Or are you getting to play with your favorite toys? Do you have enough space to do work with the Legos or to do whatever? And when you start to talk to them about what they want to do and create and how they want to live, then you help them with this idea of, okay, then we need to make some more room. How do we do that? Let's pay close attention to the things you love the most and keep those. And then the third part of the solution is maybe talking to them about, well, is there someone else out there who could use these toys who who don't get to have them? Is there a way that we can help or bless others? Is there someone else who needs those socks? even if you don't actually give them but you know getting them to to feel as though they can they can keep keep things moving through through life and and through the world and and maybe help others as well as make space for what they love yes and i think that ties in nicely with you talking about boundaries before because i can see that the option my children would go for is we're just going to take over your entire house mum which is kind of what they do and we're going to leave our toys absolutely everywhere they've already managed to not steal, but accommodate themselves <laughs> another room, which they call Lego World. <laughs> There you go. And yes, and so this gives you the opportunity to also have your space and have them understand, listen, you have your room, you have your areas where you want to play, and I need mine as well. And how do we coexist together? How do we share this common area? And perhaps I'm in the living room and I would love for you to play, but you need to take those toys with you when you leave or, you know, and coming up with bins and baskets and easy ways to to transport things. Yes, I love bins and baskets. Okay, so I think we've covered decluttering quite thoroughly. And I think another point that we haven't necessarily touched on is I know that when I walk into my house and it is not cluttered, I feel so much, how can I describe it? I want to say less stress, but it's not really less stress. I guess it's freer and just I walk in and I enjoy my house much Mm -hmm. more than when I walk in and think, oh my goodness, there's just clutter everywhere and I just want to get a bin bag and put it all away. I'm constantly making very empty threats about doing <laughs> Understood. You're in good company. <laughs> okay. And the other thing that we want to talk about today is gratitude. So tell us about gratitude. Why gratitude is so important. 
Well, gratitude for me personally was a big healer for me. And I did go through a time when chaos and clutter was a big part of my life. And I found that it was incredibly healing. And so as a coach, well, when I became a coach, I wanted to learn more and wanted to learn why. And there is a connection to, uh, well, a connection to connection. It connects us with people. It helps us heal. I mean, there are studies that are linking it to reduced pain and to, you know, the um, being able to develop new relationships and bond with people. And it reframes how we see the world. And I love the connection with gratitude and clutter because gratitude in this appreciation for what it is that we have and finding the good in all that we have really elevates our perception of abundance and how much we have. And when you feel that you have so much, when you feel that abundance, you don't feel the need to hold on to so many things. You trust that releasing things that don't serve you now, those things can potentially come back to you. You can find a way to get what you need in the future. I think there's there's like a, a faith that's built in when you practice it. Yes, and I think it's a really good practice to have. And I know that you have a Facebook group. And tell us a little bit about your morning routine that you, your gratitude routine that you have. Yes, I did start a Facebook group, the Positively Grateful Series community, because I wanted to share this. And, but again, uh, so for those who are saying, hmm, gratitude, what do I do with it? Or how do I practice it? Or, or why does it matter? Well, the why, of course, is all these studies and connections, but how do I practice it? Just like habits that we talk about for everything else, wellness habits. This is definitely a power habit, uh, that is a game changer and you can do it with such small, steps, really, really simple steps. And the first way that I ever practiced gratitude was by waking in the morning. And while it was still quiet, before I even put my feet on the floor, before I spoke to anyone, looked at my phone or anything else, I thought three things, Lisa, what are three things you're grateful for today? And by the way, here's a tip. If you have the question, what are you grateful for? And you're pausing and you're like, I'm not sure. Think about it in other ways. What was something really wonderful that happened yesterday? What was a conversation that lifted my spirits? Who did I meet that really made me think in a different way or made me feel good? You know, I I love asking children, what was something super fun that happened? What was a really awesome thing that happened yesterday? You know, you you get creative in the question you're asking yourself, but really it was three things in the morning. I nicknamed it gratis news. <laughs> and and I've been doing it ever since even though I've tried other techniques and I've adjusted as I go, that one has stayed because it's so simple. I love it. It obviously works for you and I think that's the key. And I mm-hmm. think for me the thing about gratitude is it's a really useful tool to help you with your mindset. It helps you focus on the positive. And the more you focus on the positive, you know, it's one of those things that you build on. And I always say that mindset and emotional wellness is really the foundation of any change that we want to make. Because if we don't have that foundation, any changes that we make just fall by the wayside when we hit a stumbling block. That's right. Whereas if you have that mindset tool, obviously you're going to hit stumbling blocks. It's inevitable that you will. But when you have the tools to help you, you pick yourself up and you carry on as opposed to give up. 
Most certainly, gratitude is definitely linked to building resiliency. And a part of that, what you're talking about in searching for the positive is saying, well, what did go well? Or what can I do? Or what is working for me when you when you practice? Because it's like building a muscle for sure. I, I talk about it in that way. Any habit really is. But practicing gratitude, you're building that muscle. And the more that you do it, the easier it will become for you to spot things that you're grateful for. And then that helps you just change your awareness in terms of what is working. And when you do that, or you can be grateful, you know, of, of all the days that you felt like you were healthy and, and be able to more quickly release the day that didn't quite work for you, whatever it happens to be, whatever your perspective is, you're absolutely right. It, it's linked so closely to your mindset and your resiliency. Fabulous. And what are the three things that you are most grateful for right now? <sighs> I'm most grateful for this conversation because I love talking about this. And truly, every time we talk about this, this is a gratitude practice for me because I get to talk about it. I'm reminded. I love it. And it lifts my spirits. I am grateful for this beautiful weather and the fact that we have been... Uh, you know, managed to avoid some major storms that were coming through in New York State. So that's been incredible. Uh, it, uh, we haven't always been so lucky. So we have this beautiful sunny day in power. And I am grateful for the health of my family because during this time, while we have been dealing with COVID, it's been scary. And to see us all healthy and thriving and being able to do what we do is something I do not take for granted. Amazing. Amazing. And I totally echo your thoughts. And I think whenever I think about what I'm grateful for. I always have my children, my family and health, these things that are just absolutely priceless, really. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. What's your last words of wisdom for us? There's a quote from Sophia Bush that I love, that you're allowed to be a work in progress and a masterpiece simultaneously. And I love that because it's this idea that we do want to strive for better. We do want to strive for change, but we also absolutely need to celebrate how amazing we are just as we are. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And where can people find more about you and the services that you offer? You can come to my website, positivelyproductive.com. And also, if you like to be on social media, on Facebook at Positively Productive. And I have lots of fun over on Instagram at Positively underscore Lisa. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you, Orlina. Thank you for listening. If you found the podcast helpful, I really appreciate it if you share it with any of your friends who are interested, which helps me to get the word out. And just a reminder, if you want to sign up to the Healthy Family Eating Systems, where I explain how easy my system is for providing healthy foods for my family, you can grab that at drorlina.com healthy family meal plan with a little dash in between. And if you're interested in my new program, Fit and Fabulous Family, it's launching in August. Please email me at orlina at drorlina.com to arrange a time to chat. Thank you so much and have an amazing week. I will be back again next week. Goodbye.